This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries. Unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability, criminal prosecution, and the wrath of the tall man. <laughs> Boy! Thanks for coming to 90 for Chill, the podcast. This is your host, Cat Bus Russ. This week, we're just doing another rehash. That was not the plan. This was supposed to be an interview with a guest who's shown up once and has flaked on me twice. So that's as much dirt I will throw on that person. Maybe I'm speaking out of my ass on that one. Let's hope he just is going to give me a late night and another exhausting week of 12-hour days, prepping for C2E2, and dealing with bronchitis. little depressed because, you know, this is my one passion and I need people to help me out with it. With that said, if you want to be a guest on 90 for Chill, the podcast, send an email to russthebus07 at gmail.com. That's R-U-S-S-T-H-E-B-U-S-07 at gmail.com. Offer me a theme, a director, a movie, an actor. Try to focus on some 100-minute material, but I can make anything work. As they say in Shaun of the Dead, how's that for a slice of fried gold? Otherwise, we will have a new episode next week since I'll be at C2E2, and I guess that's how we're going to kick off the third season. Uh, Otherwise, this episode which is more importantly, which I should have dropped a minute early, but this is my third take on this intro for old material, is about Allie Higgins of Allie's Accessory Shop on Etsy. She's essentially the only other producer on the show spending about, say, $300 on questionable to some good DVDs, used, of course, I would not expect her to buy new, to feature on the podcast, giving me plenty of material, And with that said, I don't think we're going to talk about any of those movies. We're going to talk about the affection she has for anime. And, you know, toot my own holder, toot toot, uh, which I kind of feel responsible for. And we'll talk about, we'll show her taste in movies. Now, she does go and talk about the Resident Evil, the Underworld franchises, which, again, something I showed her. When we were living together, she is my ex of three and a half years. But we'll talk about stuff you're not going to get me to see too many times. Show me rent, shame on me. We're talking about Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which is actually one of those movies from the Alley's Accessory Shops on Etsy's Trash Feature Reviews. And Flashdance, which, oh boy, is somebody from the Rust Belt. I know, Illinois is not exactly the Rust Belt. Hey, Caterpillar's not around, so... You get where I'm coming from. Pretty offensive to the Mienzas. That's what this episode's going to be about. I hope you enjoy. I'm doing my best. Uh, this is kind of a real depressing situation because this is my passion. And, you know, it's kind of my identity. And fortunately, it looks like I'll get all my therapy back at reasonable prices. Thanks to my insurance through my employer. <laughs> so, but, you know, I have Stacia Harden still looking after my ass. And I hope she's doing the same for everybody else she touched in her life. And I hope she's taking good care of the one-eared angel, Skimbleshanks. Thanks for coming to the 90 for Chill, the podcast. Things will pick up, I promise. Podbean's not exactly a intuitive app. So this is probably one for the newcomers that they haven't been able to listen to. So I hope you enjoy. Little Hands says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. So how do you like the new place? Yeah, it's perfect! Hey, wait for me! It looks like it could be haunted. 
you've seen him too. That's very interesting. Maybe you were dreaming. Where's Totoro? The red light is on, it looks like. So, all right, this is 90 for Chill, the podcast. I'm with uh, one Allie who's trying to crash course being an anime expert. She only had to really look at five movies, eight if you count all those, uh, as I told her, uh, movies where the director just drew too many pictures. I mean, come on great mouse detective was 75 minutes black cauldron probably even shorter than that and that might be one of its shortcomings but uh you know before we get into all of that i asked uh ali to review a trailer for the david cronenberg classic starring james woods and debbie harry uh videodrome so would that be a movie you'd be interested in watching at some point? Definitely. It was a very unique idea, um, especially for the time that the movie was made in. I think it was kind of um, foretelling in a way of what was going to happen to television as, you know, we become more dependent on Netflix and Hulu and all those, you know, and it just kind of makes you think, you know, about whose hands the power is in and what and about the power of entertainment and like what can happen when it gets in the wrong hands yeah and uh, if you really want to follow up on that if we can ever get your fire stick going so just a prerequisite Allie and I had uh, dated for oh three and a quarter three quarters years definitely lived with each other the same amount of time Uh, So pandemic started out fun for us. Um, (laughs) And uh, so I'm going to do my best not to curse. And if I sound overly condescending to Allie, she knows that's just my sense of humor. Um, Probably curse my name afterwards. I mean, she's got to have an angry streak somewhere. (laughs) I mean, it would get a little too personal, I think, in the first episode if I uh, talked about the medicine cabinets and such. So not to say that she can't really judge me. I mean, metformin, you know, and self-medication. So, but uh, yeah, if we ever get your, um, well, it might still be a little tricky, but if we ever get your fire stick hooked up to... uh, a TV that's at your current place. Um, yeah, there's a, another David Cronenberg movie, which is kind of a nice little follow-up. You'd like it, Jude Law. Doesn't screw up the American accent too much. I am a Jude Law fan. Yeah, so it's called... Yes, I am a Jude Law fan. Yeah, so it's called uh, Existence. Uh, Rory was very big on making sure I pronounced that correctly. I don't think she's seen it. It's on her list. She's almost nailed down all the Cronenberg. I think Crash, the movie about people who get off on driving in their cars into wretched accidents. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, Existence, which is Big X, Big Z. Another thing, another joke in the movie. He also has Willem Dafoe. Uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh is your main 
uh, protagonist. They're just just a brilliant cast. Real short. It should be up. Uh, actually, I think I put it up this week on ninety for Jill dot com. Um, so if uh, this week being the week of January sixth or seventh, it says seventh on the clock. This is when it's being recorded. Uh, I don't know when we're actually going to drop this. It's got a bunch of editing to do and what have you. Um, so, but that one pretty much takes video games to that kind of level. So basically uh, the big gimmick there is that video games need to use people as their power source. So basically you go and get a, a little implant placed in your spine, space of your spine. And then these, organic uh video game systems so they basically just and the movie just look like sex toys i mean high high quality sex toys even for 1999 <laughs> uh with umbilical cords you just stick right in the back of your spine so and uh i don't think that's something ally would be interested in i mean she can't really get her to play no. sega classics and Jude Law is actually a rather reluctant participant in all of that, but definitely plays, especially if you play watch enough uh, new video games. So I'd say it's up your brother's alley, definitely. Um, yeah. So, and uh, just one more question. Do you remember Reanimator? No, I sure don't. Oh, the one where they uh, have the uh, green radioactive goo that brings things back to life and... You know, they may have tested it on a cat. Right at the oh, how can I forget? Yeah, okay, well, hey, with that being said, how's the uh, chili? He's okay. I was going to inquire about Skim myself. Yeah, Skim's doing all right. Um, I, he's just taking to, uh, I think, tackling now. And, like... <laughs> Oh, and there, I, if you heard him, I don't know. I mean, Did he just yeah, make he himself just, known? Yes, he has. <laughs> and just in case, and Ava's giving him a glare, like, why are you trying to take the attention away? <laughs> so, all right, so I can't shock you too much, it looks like. Um, so let me uh, get right into uh, the Hayao Miyazaki, well, Studio Ghibli in general. I know your favorite is definitely, uh, well, I shouldn't say definitely. I mean, Cat Returns has a freaking cat. Um, but I would say how How's uh, Moving Castle, correct? You are correct. Mm -hmm. So, uh, really weird one to me. I mean, it doesn't qualify for 90forchill.com. It's, I think, over two hours. And Granted, Miyazaki is such a phenomenal storyteller. I'll give him that extra 30. Um, but, you know, uh, Emily Mortimer is Sophie, uh, underappreciated under uh, British actress. I think uh, Schnorbel was her latest thing in the States, the HBO miniseries. And uh, just more of me wondering, why does Christian Bale never speak in an English accent? I mean, yeah, Brexit sucks, but got to have some pride in the motherland. Uh, any, so, I mean, we're just talking. So uh, any great things you want to point out about Howl's Moving Castle? I 
was just looking at the um, differences between the character Sophie and the evil witch. And I just thought that was a really neat part of the movie just to show, you know, because I liked the way that they put Sophie in a good light because of her traits and who she was, as in comparison to the evil witch who, you know, they, they kind of played her as more of a negative character, I feel like. But still fun. I mean, still in a cartoonish way. You right. Know? Well, I mean, the I think it's the queen actually who's the real real villain. You know, uh, the wicked witch, yeah. more just a scorned lover. So, uh, with that said, uh, August doing all right with the COVID. <laughs> yes. Although I'm still paranoid about getting it, he still has a little cough. <laughs> oh, that that could just be long COVID. Uh, he'll, I mean. How concerned is he, I guess? Uh, my older sister, Rory, uh, patient zero in the uh, Morton Stevens family um, when it came to COVID. Um, she, when we got to Christmas Eve, she was doing her best to have one of her mask on at all times. She still has a cough. Um, you know, that's just, could just be weakened lungs. And he's never really, he may never really get over that, but uh so hopefully he's not doing too much stressful stuff in his uh, near future. I mean, just just a lot of short wind. I would imagine he's qualified to drive a forklift. I mean, yeah, he's. I'm I'm qualified to drive a forklift, and I've had two accidents with them. So, <laughs> uh, mm. but now that makes me ending up on the paint line, just packing parts. Um. Yeah, maybe I did put that put myself there. So, but when we get to our uh, 90 minute Studio Ghibli affairs, and 90 minute I give uh, at 90 for chill, 97 minutes. Now, there are some rare exceptions. I will go to 98 minutes. Like I have my review for uh, Michael Sheen and the Damn United. I don't know if that would be up your alley. Michael Sheen, you're well familiar with by this point, correct? Yes. Yeah. You betcha. Okay. So he's the. uh, Legend, uh, legendary soccer coach who tries bucking the system and uh, doesn't work out too well for him. Um, but a normal character, which, I mean, how often do you really get to see him play play that? <laughs> uh, and then, of course, uh, Wally uh, was has been reviewed on uh, 90forchill.com. And... Uh, then there are some lesser ones. Uh, I'll acknowledge uh, Resident Evil Degeneration and anime, computers generated an- anime. I mean, I have I didn't review the sequel, but the sequel is all right. To that um, a bad uh, sir, um, Melissa Joan Hart movie. I really was tempted to try challenging on, but then again, she starred in uh, God's Not Dead three, so I don't really want to drag up her past too much. <laughs> Um, but, uh, back to, uh, 90 minute studio Ghibli movies, the ones that I looked through my collection and kind of regretting not having my neighbor, the Yamadas that couldn't have been more than, uh, 90 minutes or at least 97 minutes, but we got the, uh, cat returns at the shortest, which is really kind of a, maybe the most Disney like, uh, studio Ghibli movie, I think. A great voice cast for the American uh, dub. Um, yes. So, 
I mean, and I, you know, if I ever introduce anybody who I know likes cats to anime, this is where I go. Well, my neighbor Totoro as well, but that's all the, uh, who, who doesn't love a cat bus? <laughs> so, um, so how much do you remember from uh, The Cat Returns with uh, Anne Hathaway as the uh, girl who inadvertently it saves a cat's life, a prince, a royal cat's life, and the king, voiced by Tim Curry, determines that, well, obviously she's the ideal mate for his son. So, and she's got it, and she eventually even gives in the idea of turning into a cat. And aside from the scamball, one time you don't want Ava, kill him. Hey, come on, Ava. You know you want to. You're eyeing him. Oh, no, no. Don't mistake her laziness for weakness, Scamble. <laughs> yeah, do that, Marty and Sarah. Get them fighting. Uh, I know you're not following up too much on the wrestling scene. Sorry to get off track. I know you watched AEW last night, or at least I'm suspecting one of you were, was watching the Meg and you just kept the TV on. No, he, um, August was actually watching it. Ah, oh, right. Yeah. That's unusual. Didn't, didn't picture him as a wrestling fan. Well, just the past couple of weeks, he started watching them. So he gets really into it. Like it's, it never occurred to me that it's on every night of the week, just about. So like we've had Monday, it on. Like, Monday, Wednesdays, and well, Tuesdays, if you have access TV. And of course, T- Impact is, uh, working with uh, AEW right now. Uh, the super elite have formed uh, the Young Bucks and Kenny with the Good Brothers. Um, but no, it's very interesting. I'm just kind of disappointed that when I texted when he said, oh, we were watching that. And well, I was knitting my cardigan when I talked about the latest news with, I mean, I mean, it wasn't. I have to count. I have to count stitches <laughs> to count my stitches. Yeah, you, you could always, you know, phones have phones have note functions, and you can always, okay, I did this many here, and super kick party. All right. So, um, yeah. Maybe well, no. just, I'm sorry. Maybe you could just crochet during the commercials. <laughs> I don't know. There are the picture in pictures though on. Uh, it on uh, AEW. I mean, not to, say, not to not to say that I really pay too much attention to that. Sadly, uh, they haven't done anything as cool as Sammy Guevara doing his uh, Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen bit with note cards and such. Um. So, but uh, to rewind, uh, Cat returns. We uh, so I went through the plot. Anne Hathaway saves a cat who's a prince in the cat kingdom. Cat king thinks that Anne Hathaway is the ideal mate. But, and you own The Wind Rises. I was not really into the, didn't really give it full attention um, back when I was watching it with uh, Stephanie and Miette uh, years ago now. Um, Sounded like they had a rip off of some... uh, John Denver with their country roads song in that one. That's probably the most memorable thing about it, but it does introduce the Baron 
who's pretty much your uh, swashbuckling cat voiced by Carrie Ellis. So I guess uh, to try to bring this conversation somewhere uh, coherent, um, as I say, you got My Neighbor Totoro, you got uh, The Return of the Cat, or The Cat Returns, and uh, the other night, uh, 87, I mean, seven, eh, I think it was 93 minutes, was Porco Rosso, the story of an Italian uh, World War One ace cursed uh, from surviving his squadron by being turned into a pig who still seems to get the ladies uh, voiced by Michael Keaton. I hear the French translation is even better with uh, Jean Reno, if you're familiar with that actor. Um, Godzilla 98, the French guy. Oh, yeah. yep. Okay, you've seen him in a lot of stuff. He's just your normal everyday man. So I guess uh, out of those three, which one? I My Neighbor Totoro is actually the first one you've ever seen with me. We did that uh, early morning uh uh, kids free kids movie which probably is the reason why the art theater's out of business because we saw way too many free movies there um so you know yeah, I, my, saw, my, I remember being at the art i, so I remember my, being at the art theater yeah yeah so my neighbor totoro cat returns porco rosso uh, any particular uh, favorite amongst those three well, I think My Neighbor Tortoro is obviously the classic of the three. I mean, it's the most well-known. Um, there are, you know, it's it's got a good story and there are a lot of um, like picturesque moments in it. Like when they're standing waiting for the, you know, with the umbrella and they're all standing there and it's just so adorable. Um, so that would be, I mean, I, I just think that one's like more of a classic. Um, the Cat Returns, I love the storyline because I am really a cat person. Um, and I think that it was neat that Anne Hathaway and Tim Curry were in it. Like of the examples that you gave me, that was the newest or the oldest one that had people that I knew that were doing the voices in it. I don't forget. Um, uh, and Peter then Boyle Parker and Rosso, I guess. Oh, I was just going to point out, uh, Peter Boyle, the grandfather on uh, Everybody Loves Raymond and uh, probably most iconically known as the Frankenstein's creation in Young Frankenstein is the voice of Mudo, <laughs> the uh, legendary fat cat. Okay, but so I'm sorry to intervene, but you can't forget about a role like that, especially since Peter Boyle's no longer with us. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're, so you're talking about the voice cast, though, with uh, Curry, Hathaway, I said Carrie Ellis. Um, you, we saw him at uh, Wizard World uh, 19, I think it was, with uh, Chris Sarandon talking about uh, how iconic uh, The Princess Bride was. Recall oh. that? Yeah. Okay. He played Wesley, as you wish, and all that bollocks. Uh, so with the voice cast, I mean, how important, I guess, is uh, a voice cast really when it comes to animation to you? Well, um, I, 
I think it's important. I mean, the, it's and it's it's always neat to see what the actor does with their character. Well, um, go on. Um, I I just it's always a surprise, you know, like, and then the likeness of the character to the actor is always something that's interesting to see as well. Well, with anime, uh, especially when it comes to dubs, which. You know, I was buying videotapes back in high school, $25 for a dub, 30 bucks for a sub. So obviously my uh, weekly allowance went to the cheaper movie. Um, so, I, so I'm so i a fan of dubs. I I, I mean, we, with this could transition into uh, uh, the movies that I said have too many pictures that are definitely amongst your favorite animes. So I'm not going to question that. I'm not going to the Hasada right now with Wolf Children and... Uh, the girl who leapt through time girls leapt through time probably too popular for either of us i mean the main character probably too popular for either of us to relate to i think uh i don't know <laughs> at least as a guy <laughs> um but uh that goes to um our uh, experiences with the films of makoto shinkai uh most no- notably your name and then weathering with you which we both saw subtitled um, so I'm trying to drag that back when it comes to voice acting in anime, uh, at least with English dubs. How curious are you about the Japanese performance? Because, I mean, granted, language barrier, cadences and all that, you know, it's kind of like, in a sense, the character, the voices, especially now with Disney, you know, oh, we got this guy for the voice of you know, Hades and uh, Hercules. We got John, uh, James Woods. So, you know, there's a good chance they're thinking the same thing in Japan with the uh, voice casting. Um, So then it comes down that now you have to think, well, who's going to fit a character who's already been portrayed? Um, Right. So does that intrigue you? Does going, I mean, you have uh, Cat Returns on uh, Blu-ray. I know that. Um, Well, Blu-ray and DVD. I'm just, I just cover all my bases with you. <laughs> you don't want another uh, thousand foot journey? <laughs> Will you open it up? I don't know. Get the right people at Best Buy or when it comes to customer service or get the lazy people like me. And I'm probably exposing too much of myself saying I work customer service at Best Buy, but somebody did return the $200 4k set of all nine of the Skywalker saga movies. I'm like, no, the print was just bad on, on this one. Well, do you just want to grab another copy? I, I said, if it's bad, no, cause it's going to be bad on all. Well then you just, you could have read about that. I'm not supposed to take it back. That's your $200 loss. That's very difficult to say somebody's going to lose. You can justify somebody losing $200 on star Wars. Uh, I can, I can say that you respect you so show no respect to George Lucas, but, but I'm just saying, you know, right time of the year, you might be able to slip certain things by us because we don't want to piss people off. <laughs> we need you coming back. <laughs> and judging that, I have not checked my schedule this time. I might be on furlough again, so <laughs> I should again. You hear a little bugger. Yes. Okay. Louder than the, uh, you know. He's concerned about your, he's concerned about your furlough. Oh, <laughs> uh, but um, 
So I don't know. As I say, this is supposed to be on 90 minute movies and such, but uh, I guess, you know, um, in comparison to Ghibli, uh, what are you really uh, preferring? Um, the uh, Makoto Shinkai is more grounded. And I mean, definitely sci-fi stuff. I mean, your name is about people body swapping across time. And uh, Weathering with You is about uh, rediscovering uh, sunshine girls who are supposed to be sacrificed to prevent Tokyo from being flooded. <laughs> Uh, what's more up your alley, I guess? Um, you know, I like them both for different reasons. Um, I definitely like the romantic aspect of, um, your name. Um, I just thought it was very tastefully handled. It just, it, it keeps you on your toes. Like my heart, I can feel my heart beating in my chest, you know, at different parts of it. Um, but then there's something to be said for, is it Hosada? Uh, Hosada with the girl who left through time and uh, yeah, and the Wolf Children story. Yeah. Like I really liked Wolf Children too. Like, okay, I didn't really initially get that vibe off of you uh, when we watched. Yeah. Um, there's a good one on net. Well, I don't know. If I'd say it's good. I kind of thought, man, this is a little too real. Honestly, it's directed by Hosada. Uh, um called Mirai, M-I-R-A-I. Um, it would qualify for 90 for chill. And I think technically I put Girl Who Left Through Time. Uh, no, Girl Through Left. So Hasada qualifies with two of the movies we've seen of his, I think, um, or at least one of them. I'm just, you know, trying to make a conversation here. Um, called Mirai. It's about a two-year-old or a three-year-old boy who parents just gave gave him a little sister and uh he is definitely trying to adjust to that he does it through a kind of imaginary friends like he imagines he anima and eh. you know we're just having a conversation at work what kind of words you keep screwing up anima morph sizes his dog to being some kind of royal prince in his own little head and the dog is oh you just you're just going through the same thing that i did back when you came along and he um goes and befriends his little sister by imagining her as like a high schooler who's desperate to find the right guy and all that bollocks <laughs> it's really cute but it's really like authentic i think with the feeling which kind of like you know, I would have, this is a kid maybe in his terrible twos, but I would have swat that kid. So I'm 40. <laughs> I am past this children idea. Um, but, you know, I'm not up for open violence from from toddlers. <laughs> I'll just say that. Um, but no, I could definitely see you enjoying that. I know, you know, you've probably got my Netflix on your phone at least, so... Now getting in trouble with Netflix and Best Buy. Yes, I share accounts. Okay. <laughs> Imagine if I was drunk when we did this. <laughs> but A, I haven't dropped any F or C bombs, which we can go into an entire, I don't know, once we get the Patreon, I guess. <laughs> when I get people subscribing. <laughs> once I get that Blue Chew money. <laughs> um, 
which is interesting. Marty and Sarah's not really doing blue chew, and they're doing it on AEW, and they are using uh, the term chew it and do it. So, I mean, there's just some podcast drama. Maybe I'm just dropping names. Not to say that Allie Higgins isn't a great guest, but, <laughs> you know, if I could land a Marty or, Marty or Sarah, <laughs> exploit Skimble a little more, I guess, online. Yes, we love Marty and Sarah. So, um, so we, um, so I guess we're in a reasonable talk uh, about, you know, our love of Ghibli and and I didn't know uh, Love Her Sahasada. So, uh, great getting there. A girl who loved through time. I know, though, uh, you didn't really, I mean, you jumped at Wolf Children. Did you really dig Girl Who Left Through Time? Um, I didn't find it as original of an idea as Wolf Children or several of the other animes that we've seen. Um, I did notice, though, when I was looking at it, uh, it actually started out as a book. And um, I was looking at the book this evening and apparently there's a graphic novel as well yeah so, well I, you so it started out as a regular novel not just a comic book a manga yeah well um i believe that it started off as a novel but there's a graphic novel as well yeah so all right well good to know um but thinking about uh I don't know why why suddenly slapped with well, a high school experience, and I guess this could wrap around to perhaps your favorite anime. I'm taking a wild, you know, educated guess. You know, a silent voice, and I and I know why I brought it up because I was looking at the director's credits, and she's done mostly television. Um, so, uh, but a silent voice, uh, two hour fifteen minutes, well, two hour ten. Um, uh, is that your favorite anime, or say a story about a yeah. story about a kid, uh, say a ten-year-old kid who picked on the deaf girl, and then um, and was shunned by all his friends for it, and eventually gets suicidal over this until he meets the girl and tries to make amends, and the girl ends up falling in love with him. He's probably got the same kind of feelings. He just doesn't know how to express it. Um, very grounded um, there's great great probably the best thing is how everybody's face is pretty much covered until they recognize that um this kid isn't a total douchebag anymore so yeah that, that one's up there um your name is probably my most favorite mm. just the romantic aspect of it i just i really like how it was done mm. all right all right so um uh, my apologies then for not playing that a lot or <laughs> i think i think i opened the blu-ray up I, it was a blu-ray dvd combo pack and uh popped up uh put the uh dvd somewhere in your collection um not certain uh obviously i can just go and look right now and I'll forgive you. Yeah, great, great radio here. <laughs> no, I have not opened it up yet. So, so I got a copy of it. Um, yeah, I can give you the DVD. I got the Blu-ray. So, oh, there's something to do once you're out of quarantine. So, I haven't checked my schedule yet from Best Buy and 
you know, you say the 10th, I know what you've been doing. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we might, I might still, uh, you know, bills are in the playoff right now. I think dad's expecting everybody to be in Peoria. I mean, Morton to catch that. So, all right. So, you know, I don't know if you took the time to uh, look through your own uh, collection of movies. I know a lot of them off the top of my head definitely uh, wouldn't fit on fit my base parameters. Um, I know I did not give you, I meant to watch Avatar. I think I have the riff tracks for that too, if I needed it to get through it. Um <laughs> I know your Twilights, those are all long movies, probably two hours a piece. I mean, um, Memoirs of a Geisha, I'm pretty sure is a two-hour epic. I'm actually listening to a Chris Hardwick podcast with uh, Chris Columbus, a writer of Gremlins, to writer of Home Alone, or at least producer, I believe. Um director of the first two harry potter movies um oh no i think he directed home alone now that i think about it he was going on about how chevy chase was a shithead so he couldn't well just lost our money there um <laughs> about how he uh well chevy chase is notoriously known to be a difficult person to work with but i guess chris columbus was second directing second unit director on Christmas vacation said he couldn't work with it. John Hughes was Bennett was a good guy though and gave uh, Chris Columbus Home Alone instead. So everybody won in that one. Um, but I was looking at Gremlins. You know, surely those aren't too long, but they're both an hour forty-five. Um, I gave you one a couple of weeks ago, and I was trying to remember what it was. A suggestion? Yeah. Hmm. I don't think it was the Meg. <laughs> no. All right. Stop, Google. Okay, so we hit the. We're coming up on that uh, forty-minute mark. Um. So. Uh, I'll check on that one. For yeah. You. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. But. The most important part of podcasting are, is obviously the plugs and uh, upcoming events. Not much for upcoming events on my end. <laughs> um, just keep up on uh, Main Event of the Dead it is my primary blog. Uh, always, if you want to help in the creating of my pro wrestling zombie comedy, um, you can get a script treatment or... Uh, just give me those suggestions on how to get some money together for it. Uh, you can always email me at rustthebus07 at gmail.com. Um, I get all my phishing attempts at that address, so very public. Um, and uh, visit Main Event of the Dead. Uh, all my uh, sister websites that, uh, 90 included. Um, all the content eventually ends up in the appropriate website, but you can get it first at main event of the dead.com. Uh, don't have a, uh, not even a review is not the current thing. Uh, despite I do have my top 10, uh, and honorable mentions of, uh, movie to 90 minute movie discoveries from 2020, including number one video drone. Um, 
So that's, uh, I think, yeah, 90forchill.com for all your 90-minute movies, Main Event of the Dead for anything Russ Stevens that uh, I think validates me as credible for writing a movie um, that shouldn't cost Jack to make. Uh, what do you got to drop and uh, promote, Allie? I'm a crafter. Come see me at Gordyville next month. <laughs> okay, is so is there a town called Gordyville or we were, me and my dad were just wondering, is this, or is this like a, a, just a name of a building or something? I think it's like a building. <laughs> Do you know where it's located at? It's near Rantoul. Okay. Doing better than most then. <laughs> Uh, and you do have an Etsy shop uh, if you want to drop the name for that yes you betcha it's Allie's Accessory Shop at Etsy.com all right that's Allie's Accessory Shop at Etsy.com I got a way through with I don't believe I kept my I can't believe I kept my promise of uh, not calling you Anime Allie for this but uh, (laughs) perhaps next time Uh, well thank you very much for uh coming on being the uh being the test subject here for 90forchill.com the podcast uh any uh parting words no thank you very much for having me all right well we'll get to work on the editing and we'll see what we got I will okay you. all right thanks for thanks again and i'll talk to you later all righty bye have a good night you do the same bye now available on video cassette. I didn't go on the naked Asda for some chuffing women's DIY video. Flash dance, Dave. She's a welder, isn't she? A welder? Well, I hope she dances better than she wells. I mean, look at that. A mix is all to... Smeg. Shut up, Dave. What the f***? Smeg. What do you know about welding, anyway? More than some chuffing woman. And the little red dot is showing up and it says we are recording so welcome back to 90forchill.com the podcast or should i just call it 90 for chill now all one word if you're going to look it up on itunes spotify or google podcasts i'd love to get some feedback on whether or not people actually use uh the amazon alexa app to listen to tune in or amazon music for podcasts I figure if the three services I've signed up for is good enough for MMA on point, they should be good enough for you. But I'm accommodating people. So any kind of suggestion there, just send an email to rustthebus07 at gmail.com. Again, I don't worry about that address. The dark web already has it. So this is your host, Cool Movies Darth, as I'm decided to be called. Uh, so if you're looking for me on Letterbox, that would be CM Darth and the best CM in Illinois, in my opinion. And this week, um, I've got a friend doing me a favor, the entrepreneur, the CEO, the creative force behind Ali's Accessory Shop on Etsy. That would be one Allison Higgins. How are we doing tonight? doing great all right and so as i say she's doing me a favor and we eventually in other words couldn't quite nail down another guest i appreciate the interest especially with (laughs) with podbean allowing me to create a facebook page for 90 for chill 
um, and getting a lot of feedback. At least people show interest. I'm showing, seeing, actually getting to see download numbers now. But come on, I keep begging for volunteers. So <laughs> come on down. Just, just uh, have a theme, director, actor, just a vague topic. As long as we're talking about sub 100 minute movies, I can accommodate. And with Allison, she basically came to the conclusion of Space Critters would be her best suit. Is that uh, a fair assess uh, assessment? Well, I mean, there's zombies and wolves and vampires. I don't know about Space Critters. Well, <laughs> you, you went and said, how about like aliens? And it's like, yeah, uh, the short the short movies are the only ones that would qualify um, the shorts that you can get on the uh, at least the 4K 40th anniversary edition of Alien. Um, there were six shorts 20th Century Fox produced and Disney probably killed another six during the transition. Just hypothetical <laughs> stuff. I am not accusing Disney of destroying dreams. Their entire catalog post Lilo and Stitch can document that. Um, so, but you know, aliens, I mean, you're, you do have an affinity for alien creatures. It seems though, I know you dug the gremlins uh, again, they get an extra five minutes. So they're disqualified from the podcast. Uh, ah. well, I mean, we could talk about the Mountain Dew zero commercial. If you've seen that. <laughs> no i have not you have not oh they got uh billy and gizmo are just sitting on a couch billy fawning over how mountain dew zero tastes like the regular mountain dew with none of the calories offers gizmo uh to try it gizmo says he'll be careful uh-oh yeah the caffeine <laughs> goes a little nuts and we cut off after he gets wet <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we see some fur balls fly out of them, but not much more. And I know they're actually going to have a Gremlins prequel series coming on to HBO Max um, shortly. Oh, that sounds I interesting. I think it's going to be animated, I believe. And oh. uh, just going on about the, oh, I can never pronounce his last name, or it's probably a simple last name, but the guy who plays Billy, Zach something i think it starts with a g so obviously that's kind of been co-opted pretty much like there's only one zach with a g nowadays <laughs> that's probably a more difficult name to say in galifianakis <laughs> but um i see that he's primarily just been cast in horror movies ever since 1984 <laughs> so and i guess there i don't know that could be fun <laughs> oh i don't know I mean, when you think about gremlins, I know we're getting away from what we're going to concentrate on. I mean, it's a legendary film, and I think it can transition to some space critters it kind of surprised Allie with. I, um, so this is the first time Allie's Accessories shop on Etsy's Trash Theater feature review will make it on to the actual podcast instead of just a bumper. Uh, killer clowns from outer space so um 
but gremlins is pretty much i think the satirical base that allowed for movies like that i guess you could go all the way back to the original attack of the killer tomatoes but uh yeah that's a i i imagine it's a little harder to find and with uh most of the good free movies now being on Tubi and having to put up with Fox News commercials during Tubi. I don't care if it's owned by Fox. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm doing my best to avoid them. It's, um, but um, now I'm just, now I'm just rambling, which is what podcasts are for. Um, so, uh, but I guess, um, I'm just thinking about gremlins and I'm thinking Phoebe Cates and I'm thinking that kind of relates to uh, one of your favorite actors, Kevin Klein, who yes. Yes. Who's married to Phoebe Cates and I believe still married. Oh, uh, how cool. Yeah. So I think she uh, pretty much did drop dead Fred and called it a career. Uh, and uh, that film's reputation, I could understand why. But um, as I say, I did watch uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And, you know, uh, it's fun, but it doesn't really hold up as a feature, I think. Um, primarily just because there's no characters to really care about. It's, it's definitely a cult movie. <laughs> oh, no, I can see why it's a cult movie. I, I did actually write a review for it uh, that's on com right now. So, um. I mean, there's there's funny bits and it moves pretty it moves pretty it moves right along. Um, as I say, it just doesn't really have any characters you care about. You're really just there for cheap special effects. And I would imagine I don't know I never saw it in HBO, but uh, where did you see that film first? Yeah, on TV. Okay. Um, yeah, and my little brother, who was like three at the time, totally loved the movie. And so he's got, like, I have my sister who's terrified of clowns, and my little brother running around watching killer clowns the whole time. But, <laughs> so we just have mixed feelings about clowns in our house, and I attribute it to that movie. Well, I, well, that's, I think, part of the problem with the film is that the clowns are just so totally meant to be scary i mean in the design and you know i think clowns are scary enough as is so i think it kind of takes away some of the fear factor i mean (laughs) pennywise is far more subdued and he's got a big cranium that's about it (laughs) and i think um uh, the movie uh i don't know I think it really, you know, as you said, your little brother loved the movie. And I guess that's enough to warrant why I'm thinking, why didn't we go more over the top with the gore and stuff? Like, you know, (laughs) you're doing cheap effects to begin with. Let's let's just go like all you really get is the little midget clown. Sorry to use the M word little person. I, I know uh, Hornswoggle, the wrestler, I should be able to use the M word. At least he says I should be able to, but um, I digress. I, at least I did my best having a conversation about mixed martial arts today and wondering if little people would get their own division or would they just have to fight straw weight? Doesn't seem fair. The reach is way too much for a 5'5 five, five fighter. 
Um, so yeah, it's a, so, you know, I just figure if you're going to go over the top, go over the top, this movie, I mean, I know the movie was, has a kiddie audience, which is almost disturbing, (laughs) but, uh, it's kind of goes back to gremlins where that is definitely not a kid's movie. (laughs) It's, it's It's, it's, um, the crazy stuff that happens is, not taken serious at all but it can get pretty just just scary and you don't get that kind of effect with uh killer clowns um now talking about other clowns and i guess i can transition because of this scene at the halloween party in this movie where jennifer beals chooses her costume to be a clown Uh, i did watch flash dance last night so if you need a copy of that Skimble, did you just go and attack my laundry change? And he goes and purrs like, yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> um, so I watched, uh, watched, what a Flash- <laughs> <laughs> watched Flash Dance. And um, honestly, I was looking for Coraline to try to secure another podcast guest, but um, could not find that anywhere. And... 20 and uh movies movies anywhere is not letting me use that as a universal movie to get a free movie which would have probably just been happy gilmore um but uh so Coraline in the um in the future probably um i know the time is a little long on that one but when you're trying to get people on the show you do have to negotiate a bit um so watch flash dance I guess I really have to know what you thought of the movie. Um, the part that I liked the best was that she trained herself. And um, I just thought that, like, see, when I grew up, I always wanted to take dance class and we never had the money. And so, like, she was kind of my hero in a way, just because, like, she taught herself to do that and she got into a good school. And she had a grandma that was encouraging to her. And I, you know, I love my gram. So I could identify with that as well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So that's mainly that. Okay. Um, I mean, I, get, I, I don't know. I, I guess you could say Jennifer, Jennifer Beals trotted so that... Um, and um natalie portman could pirouette (laughs) in a sense i don't know i just uh there's some great i mean great music videos in this movie but it is a movie and when you don't have anything like that you don't have a dance performance it's kind of dead in the middle all the way i think no offense to uh the grandma so killer clowns from outer space easy movie to describe it's in the title. Flashdance is about a, a young Yinza, which nobody in Pittsburgh in this movie ever says Yinza. I don't see anybody drinking Yinglings. It's all Miller. I don't care about product placement and such. I know you can't get Yinglings west of Indiana. That's not the point. It's just synonymous beer. So pretty inauthentic movie, I think at least for the Pittsburghian experience. Uh, 
Um, and I mean, the soundtrack is amazing, um, which was uh, helmed by 80s maestro uh, Giorgio Moridor, I believe. Um, a German German um, composer, so did all the did did all the music. Obviously, the songs weren't sung by him. Um, he's also done songs like Cat People, um, and uh, pretty much all a Top Gun. And this is uh, Flashdance would be considered one of the Paramount musicals, um, which. I think the trilogy would be Footloose, Top Gun, and Flashdance. Uh, I guess my problem with Flashdance is you can say, uh, well, as our main character, Alex, she is not trained. She gets her dancing done at a, um, I guess you would say a burlesque bar since there's no nudity there. Um, and she ends up fall at, while she's, that's her moonlighting job. Her daylight job is a welder. And as they point out in the movie, the full Monty is they're trying to learn how to dance. They just have to get over how poor a welder she is. Um, I think. Oh, they, and there's a pit bull. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, the pit bull is, it, it was good. Um, and you got you could get away with that in the 80s because the Doberman was the dog everybody feared that decade. Um, but I love my pity, Toki. <laughs> 15 years old, I'm it, proud of her. Oh, geez, she's probably asking for the needle. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, Ava looks cranky enough at 13, uh, so. <laughs> but uh, so her man, her the owner of the steel mill where she welds at sees her dancing and pretty much stalks her. <laughs> and I guess it's not a really I don't really think it's a great story about female empowerment, which is like, yeah, she never took any lessons because she couldn't afford them. So when she finally gets the audition, it's because her boyfriend may, being a rich person was able to make calls to the art council and say let her in there and i'm sorry it is a fantastic final number which is a great crescendo when you um when the overture is the same song uh what a feeling or flash dance theme but mm -hmm. no i don't think she deserved a spot <laughs> that's there's no stomping in ballet <laughs> And then the break dancing, and it's like, yes, great musical number. Um, there's plenty of great musical numbers in the movie, but then it's like, I just kind of feel. Then you have her ice skater friend who eventually ends up stripping, and they're all judgmental about strippers in this movie. And they're, you know, while in the meantime, um, what the dinner scene where the ex-wife of um her boyfriend uh comes and tries intimidating her she basically rips off her sleeves <laughs> sleeves and tells tells her how she screwed her screwed her man's brains out <laughs> on the first date um so i just think it's and it's written by the guy who eventually would write showgirls so i just 
don't think he has a place in saying, oh, I'm trying to empower women. He could have gone the movie totally nude free. I mean, I just kind of think, okay, so there's guys like me in the audience who are like, yeah, this just doesn't fit together because all the drama is pretty boring between the numbers. And since it just stalls to a halt, it's not fun like <laughs> like killer clowns. And um and I I kind of think they just throw the boobs in late in the film just to uh just to say, hey, you waited. <laughs> you waited, you'll get your payoff. You know the girl loved the girl sitting next to you loved it. <laughs> send your thank you notes to paramount pictures <laughs> so i am sorry to rip down your dream tear down your dreams on that one i've pretty much ruined the childhood of so many co-workers <laughs> by telling them that greece and greece 2 were highly overrated <laughs> don't get me started on my opinion about the craft that, that almost <laughs> that's almost as brutal as me making a jokes about wounding children <laughs> almost got a worse reaction than that <laughs> so but as i say it did make the transition alex dresses as a clown at one point killer clowns but let's get back to from alex to alice oh see i'm a there you go way master uh which brings us to i think the sony so I think the last 20 years has kind of been dominated by two, I mean, aside from, you know, that big Marvel thing um, and bookend by Star Wars. But, you know, <laughs> to keep us amused between 2005 and 2015, you had Sony with their really tacky genre movies i mean tacky in a in a fun way uh those being the resident evil series uh which are horrible adaptations of the video game and fun movies for the most part and um the underworld series which is coming in who's who's not gonna like vampires versus werewolves i don't think we get that enough <laughs> agreed but, well thank you so, but you brought up Resident Evil and Aliens when we were trying to come up with something to work with. So, um, I presume, so I never really, uh, we never got around. I mean, I know I caught you up on the series, uh, but we never got around to see the final chapter in theaters. Um, what was your, what, what really um, stood out for you from that series? Now the first movie runs a minute or two longer than 90 for chill. And then the last movie runs way too long. Um, very poorly uh, constructed all the ways around my opinion, but what uh, kept your interest, I suppose. Well, I've been thinking a lot about why I'm drawn to sci-fi movies because like I'm kind of a Christian and it's just like, you know, why do I watch these kinds of movies? Was what I've well, been I mean, you're already buying a bit of fiction to begin with. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> could not help myself. But I think, <laughs> I think with the zombies, it's just like that force that drives them, and it's just like thinking about, you know, what hell would be like, and like trying to, you know, 
and seeing someone fight that force, I think kind of, you know, I enjoy, I mean, I'm not saying that I would like to do it myself, Mm. but you know, I mean, and you know, I mean, it's zombies, which is, you know, plug for main event of the dead. Um, Yes, that's a and, that's a comedy involving uh, professional wrestlers. Again, email me at rustthebus07gmail.com if you'd like to get a script treatment or if you have any suggestions on how to get it through out of developmental hell. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Um, and and I think that right now that in there's a kind of an infatuation with zombies. I mean, like Walking Dead is, you know, still on. They just had their season finale last week. Mm. Um, and there have been other movies and as okay. well. Well, I, I honestly think we might be coming to the end of the zombie train right now. Um, you think so? Well, I mean, when I think zombie train, I think Train to Busan, which I haven't watched yet, but... Uh, supposedly a really great korean movie which they screwed up with a sequel um uh i i just yeah i mean it's uh there's not really like the resident evil movies were more about the scares i think than the zombie yeah there's always the fear coming back from the dead um but uh, I mean, the la- by, by the last movie, the last two, maybe three. So the last half of the series, dying doesn't, dying and coming back. Uh, nobody really does that. <laughs> so I think they got over it and just decided to go with action movies. Um, but it's it's fun that you brought up the concept of hell and Christianity because it, uh, it's a famous line that uh, Zack Snyder co-opted. Granted, he got the actor who said it into his 2004 uh, Dawn of the Dead remake of the 1978 George A. Romero movie of the same title, which is probably regarded as the best zombie movie. Um, the actor Ken Forey, I believe that's how you pronounce it, I really need to start listening to more commentary tracks on Stuart Gordon movies um, and uh, Dawn of the Dead's commentary track from 78. Um, he, he talked about his old uh, Haitian uh, uh, grandfather who said, uh, when there is no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. So, uh, obviously, so there there is a biblical uh, <laughs> there's a biblical subtext. I mean, never mind Revelations. I think pretty much talks about that stuff as well. Um. So. Um. But as I say, the movies eventually become more action. I think uh, when you talk about zombies, uh, I have not. I'm still like f- probably six seasons behind on Walking Dead. It just started. oh yeah see I just picked it up this season, and there's actually like less deaths. Like there was an episode where no one died, <laughs> like three episodes ago. Huh. Well, I mean, it, it's I, 
mean, really all you have left from the original crew is Daryl, Maggie, and Carol, right? I mean, Michonne's um, in there. Yeah. There's, I mean, from there's the original crew, you just have Carol and Daryl. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I know Andrew Lincoln is kind of stuck. Like he, he was the, um, he was Rick. And I think he's contractually obligated to do a walking dead movie at some point. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so I guess with, um, and I guess that's a problem with the resident evil series. When you think about zombies, I again, come from the Romero camp where, ridiculous zombie deaths were part of the fun like ooh, that one actually accidentally stepped on a stepped into the helicopter blade <laughs> um oh that guy got his uh got attacked by the zombies while he was getting his blood pressure taken and his arm is still in the thing <laughs> yeah there is definitely a draw to the actual part where they die where you just watch it and you're like what are they gonna do what's gonna happen you know how realistic is it gonna be well, as I said, it's, I'm not in it for the realism, I guess. I'm in it more for the, well, these are stupid dead things. Of course, they're going to uh, end up doing stupid things. Uh, I mean, end up dying in stupid ways. Um, I mean, it really, I really, I should have. Um, well, well, what it comes down to is you just got to get your fire stick figured out. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, you could watch, um, I know, well, I have I have Day of the Dead and Dawn of the Dead on my iTunes. Not Dawn of the Dead, I'm sorry. Uh, Land of the Dead, which is um, a movie, that, a sequel that was made nearly 20 years after the third film in that franchise. Um, and it brings us back to Pittsburgh <laughs> um, about a Dennis Hopper running a city and primarily a skyscraper uh in pittsburgh the beauty of pittsburgh is it's the three river city so all you have to do is protect one one side from the undead theoretically and uh oh that but, makes sense yeah but it, uh, what comes down to is the people who are doing all the dirty work for dennis hopper john leguizamo uh, primarily you know they thought they've done enough they've made enough money they want to be part of the rich class <laughs> and dennis hopper is not going to let that happen so they go and uh steal steal the um attack assault vehicle <laughs> and threaten to blow up the tower and as i say in the meantime the zombies are getting smarter <laughs> um which is something they explore in dawn of the dead this all starts out with Night of the Living Dead, which fits into the 90 for Chill concept. I mean, it was a movie that was shot on a shoestring budget and was what got my mom out of the horror in the genre. <laughs> uh, you mean she stopped liking it or what? Well, she thought it went, she thought it, uh, she was, she grew up on Hammer films, uh, Christopher Lee versus Peter Cushing, Dracula versus Van Helsing stuff. And um, Don, uh, Land of the Dead was just too real for her. Like the moment, um, the moment Barbara 
are well, who we think is going to be the protagonist runs away from the first zombie. She kicks off her shoes because they were visiting a visiting their mom's grave. So, you know, Sunday's best and such. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, what are you doing? Actually running, <laughs> like doing what real people do. It's a horror, you know, nobody, nobody overreacted. Nobody reacts like that, <laughs> that when Dracula is chasing them. Um, and then the ending of Night of the Living Dead. That that pretty much checked mom right out. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's the the beauty of the Romero movies is that they're all they all have a message an underlying message the first movie is actually about racism second movie about consumerism third movie um i i i guess you could say nuclear war or i i would say more of the american first attitude of the 80s reagan you know and uh i guess you could say land of the dead is a little more silly about class but it is about class classes and casts and then he did two other movies dire of the dead was kind of innovative because it took on the uh concept of society now where if it doesn't happen on camera it doesn't happen um and survival of the dead i can't really say much <laughs> like I, I they miss he missed the mark on that one it's still fun like you get ridiculous zombie kills which is the humor in it. And I guess my problem with the Resident Evil series is that you don't really get that humor in the in the zombies. And as the series goes on to the the second half of the series is pretty much just straight action movies. I mean, once the once the zombies start carrying chainsaws and firing machine guns, they kind of uh I mean it, it, smart zombies. Yeah, well, you know, it actually um I should say that is actually in the video games <laughs> after the uh, first three movies, they come up with that. Um, the zombies getting smarter, but it's, um, and truth be told, I've really only, um, given a lot of time to a couple of the video games. Um, one was, a uh, Res- resident evil, the umbrella chronicles, which is a retelling on the Nintendo. Wii of the first, um well resident evil zero one and three um but it's all done like on, as a rail shooter so you're basically just shooting with the wii motes and uh so like an arcade game basically and the other one yeah. i played was uh code veronica for the uh sega dreamcast and if you're looking for bootleg dreamcast games go to live action games because the fun thing of that video game system is it was everybody come all the companies complained about it being too difficult to program for. In the meantime, like independent developers have decided to keep making games for it. So live action games there by the, uh, by the seven saints in champagne. Um, so, um, and if you're looking for a comic book shop in champagne, I'd suggest G Mart in the same neighborhood and of course you know about your uh exile and the dandelion in that neighborhood downtown champagne folks fun place to run around mm-hmm. great for Pokemon go. 
<laughs> a lot of poke, a lot of poke stops. <laughs> um, so, but um, I don't know. I think half my fu- love for Resident Evil is especially the last half of the films, which you don't get on television. You just have to know. Oh yeah, that was using all the three D technology they had at the time. Is um, <laughs> that they were pretty much made to be three D movies which kind of excuses the questionable quality of them. And I would say only the sixth film, which is just very poorly constructed. Never mind the fact you decide to just, oh, Ruby Rose, uh, who made her name pretty much on uh, Orange is the New Black and eventually got to be Batwoman um, in a strong uh, LGBTQ voice. <laughs> um Oh, we're just going to have her blink and you miss her. And judging that it's difficult to stay awake during the last chap- final chapter, I think you remember, I mean, you wouldn't let me, oh, you got the last Resident Evil movie? <laughs> oh, we have to watch <laughs> it in the bedroom? <laughs> okay. I think you finished watching it. I had to go back and rewatch it because I fell asleep through a lot of it. Aww. I mean, granted, I was working a third shift job and a first shift job. So I have an excuse, but it's very, it just very, um, I think it may have depended a little too much on Ian Glenn, uh, who's probably best known as Jorah the Andal, Jorah Mormont, um, the guy who was stuck in the friend zone when it pretty much came to Tar- uh, Daenerys Targaryen. <laughs> Okay. You know, older Did you gentlemen. know? I'm sorry? Did you know that they're tra- planning on making another um, Resident Evil movie? It's yes. supposed to come out in November. Oh, I didn't know it was supposed to come out so soon, but yes. Um, I know it's not uh, Paul W.S. Anderson, who's directed some. You can say what you want about the Resident Evil series, and pretty much a lot of it, I think, is just making sure his wife, Mila Jovovich, has work. <laughs> She portrays the man, the main attack protagonist, Alice. Yeah, who, I caught that. He directed it too, didn't he? He directed. I think he directed four of the six movies. Um, the third movie, um, let's see, it was Apocalypse. Then it was Extinction. The third movie's Extinction. I wasn't really a big fan of, and that's probably. I think a lot of it came from the director of that movie being Russell McCauley, who. Okay. I, who directed the first Highlander, which is a classic, and he's done some other good movies. Uh, of course, Highlander 2 was like the... Um, was pretty much the movie that inspired people to start doing their own MST3K treatments or Rift Tracks treatments to movies. There were VHS tapes where they were basically like shot, fan shot episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Just so they could make fun of Highlander 2. And the other one was uh, Star Trek 5. Um, so I, I, found, I find the director, Russell McCauley, is that he has an affinity for movies with sand. And if you see sand in one of those movies, it's not going to be a good movie. <laughs> uh, Extinction does, you know, I, you rewatch Extinction and truth be told i didn't watch armageddon at the time my girlfriend at the time was a was into the resident evil movies um 
but uh so i mean it, it you watch it you watch it you you get a better grasp on the series it's a good movie or good for what it is these definitely uh but it's um no i mean russell mccauley you might know best because i don't think you've seen highlander but i'm sure you've seen the shadow with alec baldwin okay yes no no i don't think so oh well it's a fun it's a fun movie definitely very flawed though how did i escape you without having seen it Well, I, I well, the shadow didn't make the shadow wasn't a big hit, <laughs> which is weird because that was like the they tried they tried with that one, but uh, <laughs> Alec Baldwin, Jonathan Winters, Ian McKellen, I mean they had a hell of a cast for 1993, <laughs> but no uh, kidding, yeah. So, but getting back uh to the ser- to the resident evil series i know alice is not in any of the video games but i'm a fifth element fan and i will give anything of Mila jovovich a try the uh recent hellboy reboot wasn't that bad it was bad but not as bad as the rotten tomato score indicates <laughs> you probably wouldn't like it out um ali uh because it's from the director of doomsday I did show you that one, uh, the movie about um, a plague in Scotland where they cut off the cut off that country from the rest of England, the the Great Britain, and eventually when the plague comes back comes to England, they send in a team to go and find a cure in Scotland because there are people still survive still moving around in Scotland. Um. I mean, it's a very, very graphic. There's a lot of just crazy bits. Like they eat Sean Pert, the actor Sean Pertwee, after they do a bunch of dance number. They do a dance number to "Good Thing" by Fine Young Cannibals. Um, Malcolm McDowell is in the movie as a uh, like the top virologist at the time of the plague, who was immune to it, and not wanting to fall into the same traps that modern society is. He holds up in a medieval capsule living medieval style. There's a lot of stuff going on. I think you probably just thought it was too ridiculous. <laughs> probably. I do remember that. Yeah. So. Bob Hopkins, Hopkins is in it as well. Um, which reminds me, I do have to check the time on who framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> I mean, that's... Oh, totally. Yeah. And I do have to check the time on Space Jam. Have you seen the Space Jam 2 trailer? I actually have not. Um, I think some of the... They're, they're, they're trying a lot of things with it. Uh, I think um, they do give Yosemite Sam his guns back. <laughs> um, but... Uh, like, there's the there's live action, and then they try doing live action in computer generated images instead of like how they did 2D animation with Michael Jordan for the first film. LeBron James actually has like fully rendered 3D characters, and they seem to be pulling a lot of elements out of Ready Player One for this movie. <laughs> so that's going to be like interesting. What? Well, the Iron Giant shows up in the trailer. <laughs> so, um, so they're doing a lot with anything owned by Warner, it looks like. And also Don Sheetle is the villain. 
Don Sheedle, you know him. You know him best as um, uh, Rhodes in um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, he's the guy who wears the War Machine suit, the like the silver Iron Man suit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Black, black actor. I mean, you see, he's been in about everything by this point now. <laughs> so. So I so but back to it. I mean, I do dig Mila Jovovich movies, and then they start bringing in as the movies get more ridiculous and more action centric. They do start bringing in a lot of other uh, great uh, underutilized character actors like um, Omed Fier, who was in the Mummy movies. Um, they had a guy who play who's. Um, I mean, they had Mike Epps in a couple of the movies and you do get a aiden glenn from the game of thrones when i thought you were saying oh they're making a new resident evil and i was thinking oh they might be making the boat to game of thrones spinoffs but <laughs> when you got there because i was talking about aiden glenn uh -huh. um, aiden glenn is pretty much the best thing about the last movie there because he's just eating up scenery <laughs> I mean, sometimes when you have when you know you're in a questionable movie, you just gotta go and enjoy yourself, which is um, something that needed to be done in Killer Clowns. <laughs> <laughs> that that could have probably done it. Um, Maybe it's time for a Killer Clowns remake. Yes, and I'd say go hard R on this one, but like, <laughs> we don't need the we don't need friendly clown. I mean friendly clowns anymore <laughs> um so as i say the action sequences are all pretty pretty interesting for the most part in those movies oh michelle rodriguez is in a couple of the movies too colin salmon another actor i love uh, underutilized um but they're very you don't need a lot of brain cells to really follow resident evil but you at least have a protagonist that you can get behind in Alice. So the series does work. And there was supposed to be, uh, I heard this on How Did This Get Made, the uh, podcast uh, with Paul Shear, June Diane White, Raphael, and uh, Jason Manzukis that when they did the last Underworld movie on how did this get made. So never really speaks highly of the movie if it's on how did this get made. <laughs> I mean, it's for a guy who's got a zombie screenplay and I thousand people on friends on Facebook and I can't get it out. I can't like, hey, we can shoot this in a weekend, guys. <laughs> I can't get that made, but all the crap I've seen for 90 for chill.com that has been made, something don't seem right. <laughs> I'm just saying if blackmail's involved, there better be minors in those photos. Because <laughs> I can put up with quite a bit of shame. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Uh, Underworld, uh, as I say, I, it's just kind of weird that the that series didn't, uh, like, wasn't done sooner. Maybe it was a special effects issue in the 90s. And, Possibly. And we know... Uh, we know for 
in general, nobody really, no critic really likes Van Helsing, which ironically has Kate Beckinsale in it. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I caught that when I was researching. Yeah, she's... Um, and also, um, her husband was the director. So that yes. that was a parallel I noticed between the two movies. Right, two and she, well, her, her husband at the time was the director of the Underworld movies. And she's actually starring opposite her past husband, who she has a kid with, I believe. One, Scott Speedman? One Michael Sheen. Oh, Michael Sheen. Yeah, he plays Luci- Lucius, the head werewolf in the first, first movie. He yep. does, And he, he def- was in the Good Omens. Yes, he definitely doesn't look like... He, he is a chameleon. He's also in the Twilight series, which... I am probably going to get around the new moon. That's only because I have a free riff tracks for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I, I said about twilight, the movie works for what it's doing. And I freaking hate it for that. Just. I love twilight. Stephanie Myers is wonderful. Oh gosh. It's emo. Like this is, this is, this is emo stuff for, high school girls who just didn't know how to come up with a good rhyme scheme to write poetry. <laughs> I knew many of a depressed poet. <laughs> I would much rather have the Twilight series than a group of <laughs> teenage poets any day. Oh. You can't write poetry, huh? I think that's what it comes down to. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and I can pop out a haiku like nothing. Skimble <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> Takes advantage of lazy Ava. Undeserving. Little furball. <laughs> uh, it's I mean, all I... in his delivery. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed. I lost the one about alcohol and butt plugs that I saved to my old phone. <laughs> Actually, I think it was saved to a tweet. It was saved as a tweet, and I just never got around to letting that one loose. <laughs> um, but with Underworld, as I say, it's a easy to, I mean, it's a no-brainer concept, and it was probably just a special effects issue in the 90s. Um. Then you get a lot of great character actors in these movies. Uh, Charles Dance is in the last two, uh, Blood Wars and Awakening. Uh, you have, uh, I mean, the villain is the guy from uh, the villain in um, Outlander, I believe. Oh. Um, I don't know. You never got around to watching the series, right? We watched one episode... Yeah. Right, and and then I didn't like it, and then I ended up reading the whole book. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's it's good. Um, I I would say if I had another look at the movie after having read the book, I'd probably enjoy it a lot. Well, it's but, five, um, it's five TV series seasons actually. So. Yeah, I can totally understand the draw now that I've read the book. So, um, it's not cheating if they're not in the same timeline whatever it's cheating <laughs> um so uh yeah charles dance from game of thrones is in the last two and then you have my favorite monotone 
actor who has roles in the first three movies. I never saw the third movie, which is uh, Underworld Rise of the Lycans, which I will say this. It just doesn't seem necessary when you saw all the flashbacks that led up to the werewolf rebellion from there. Right. Like, because it's a prequel, right? Right. Which is I, which is really stupid for me not seeing it because it has Michael freaking Sheen. Well, no kidding. Well, with that said, though, um, I hear do not watch Doolittle, the Robert Downey Jr. movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Sheen is the villain in that one, but Uh-oh. um, I don't think it, it, nothing I've seen seem makes it seems like he's strong enough to be. To save that movie. Um, so. But um, out of Underworld. What really did you get out of that? Because you weren't really. You didn't seem as involved. When I, we were trying to catch up on that series. And again we didn't get to the theater. To watch the sequel. <laughs> that I was. Cramming movies down Allie's eye holes. To, get, <laughs> to catch up on. Um. Well. I think I know you love them for the noise because you could craft like a mother lover in that <laughs> when we were watching it. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, I would say a big reason I liked it so much is because it had Michael Sheen and Scott Speedman in it. Um, Scott Speedman, I remember from Felicity, that series about the college girl, a girl yeah. who followed like she like followed him to college and um that was Scott Speedman. Uh, yeah, and no, I, um, I, I know every Every girl who seems to have gone to see Underworld World knows who he is. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And then and then Michael Sheen obviously um is quite the character actor. Um well it's got yeah, a lot and of great then character, I, character actors. I mean the sequel, the second the second movie you have Derek Jacobi, famed English thespian. He's probably got a knighthood uh to him. I know he's done. Um, he's shown up in something that looks interesting. Uh, oh no, it was a it was a movie about. Um, saw a trailer for a movie, a, an Irish movie. It seemed like about two assassins who just keep bumbling up, <laughs> and he's kind of the priest who's assigning them their jobs. <laughs> um, no. Yeah, so Derek Jacoby, I don't, I don't immediately know what you would remember him from. I mean, for a non-cinephile, I wouldn't be surprised you get him mixed up with Ian, Ian Holm, who played the uh, robot in the first Alien movie. And um, okay, yeah. Um, so I'm feeling embarrassed that I can't come up with anything else with Derek Jacoby besides for the television series he did with Ian McKellen in England uh, called Savages, which is just about two el- and it's not too much of a stretch two elderly gay men <laughs> living together as a couple, which um, I can't recall his name because it's really weird sounding Welsh name. But uh, the guy who plays, um, who played Ramsey Bolton in Game of Thrones, was um, like there was one of their sons or something in that show. So it's a comedy. So it's a different t- different take on the. Um, I may have gave him a Ramsey Bolton, but we know he's a bastard. 
So <laughs> Ramsey Snow. What do you yeah. think about Ramsey Snow's dogs? Good puppies or not? Um, are these the ones who met him? Wasn't the <laughs> um? You know, I get everyone confused. Um, so is that the one who ended up like finding himself alone with them when they were hungry? Is yes, after starving them about? for seven days because he was gonna feed. Yeah. Yeah. And then they ended up eating him. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I would say they were a little bit more animal, like more animal than human in that. Well, I'm just saying good boys, bad boys. I mean, <laughs> who's a good hungry boys? I mean, they were starving, although they did eat their master, but I mean, he was a jerk. So they must have, I don't know, poor things. Gimbal's giving me a look like I'm going to eat you someday. <laughs> right now maybe it's time to fill up the cat food bowl then. <laughs> they have three or four bowls around my apartment they are fine see uh, we can't do that with chili chili mm-hmm. is overweight and he every day gets a little allotted amount and he eats it all and if we left one of those big dispensary things he would gain like five to ten pounds you know he doesn't have his balls right <laughs> Hey, what else is he gonna do? <laughs> There's a funny Family Guy bit when they were talking about neutering Brian, and Brian was cool with it because he thought he was this was his, the only way he could see um, what he thought would be his puppies <laughs> um, is if he got neutered. I don't know, Brian. No, I think. I think I've seen that one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Brian. I just don't want you to change. And they cut to a scene where Brian's just as fat as Peter. I shouldn't eat this chocolate because it's going to make me fat. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yeah. No, people are great. Um, I, I said today, since this podcast is now on iTunes, this will be the first episode that gets the proper delivery on it because i would imagine people are confused with seeing episodes all the episode numbers and like release dates at weird times um uh i we had a casual day at the bank and um to to be allowed to wear jeans to work you have to donate five dollars to a charity um and each branch has their own charity so you know we i paid all my bills today and then it's like crap i could have just given paid for the you know it would have cost me 25 bucks paid for the entire casual day just to get people to give me we just get my coworkers to give me five star reviews on <laughs> itunes which reminds me, listeners, if you like what you're hearing, <laughs> please go to iTunes, rate and subscribe, wait five stars, subscribe, and leave a pleasant review. It helps with the algorithm. Okay. So, so you're in the underworld for the character actors, uh, Michael Sheen, who it's really kind of like, I don't know, do you see Michael Sheen as a leading man? 
or is uh, just as a leading man in the sense that Kevin Klein occasionally gets leading roles? I would say it depends on the show. I would say if he got the right role, you know, probably. Hmm. I mean, he, he's, I don't know. It's about, it's, I, I was about to say about English. It's about British actors. I mean, I think they have the idea right when it comes to school and sports. If you're good enough at football, some club will sign you at 14. If you're not good enough at football, you better learn how to act. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, my mom complains about uh, great British actor uh, Brian Cox. Um, You probably know best as the... I mean, you've seen Brian Cox in a lot of things. I you might know him best as the police chief in uh, um, Super Troopers. Whenever I watch that, okay, uh, yes, I now yeah. know who you're talking about. Right. Well, he does the he's doing the narration on McDonald's commercials right now. If you see, okay. it's like, <clears throat> sorry. When you're going to, if you're going to go to McDonald's and you ask your friend if they want fries and they say no, get them the fries or else your fries will become their fries. (laughs) (laughs) So my mom's complaining that he's asking for the British government to put more money into act into the arts. In the meantime, he's whoring himself out to the, Worst clown, <laughs> Ronnie McDonald. <laughs> so, and we all know Ronald McDonald has the greatest body count of all killer clowns. Sorry, John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> Heart disease is going to do it. <laughs> but I will yeah. say Pennywise, Pennywise <laughs> might have the better record just because or efficiency because. You know, he only shows up every 27 years, but um so when it comes so we, we talked about zombie movies, we talked about um about um werewolves. Are there any werewolf movies that you have I mean I can do an entire podcast on vampire movies and maybe I should have just said vampire movies <laughs> um to you, but are there any werewolf movies that you're meaning to see? Like, are you, are you close enough to the horror genre to think about that? I know. Um, I mean, have you ever heard of ginger snaps? No. Okay. Ginger snaps is a definite recommend. I don't know if it qualified for 90 for chill. Um, I really need to get myself like I have at work, two screens to work with. Um, that movie is pretty much uses werewolf, uh, becoming a werewolf is a, um, I don't know if the term is allegory for, um, uh, women's adolescence, (laughs) all the changes and stuff that you have to go through as a woman. Okay. Basically it makes, um, having your period, (laughs) a werewolf horror story a comedy at that and they did spawn two sequels from that um 
I could recommend the second, like this. So you have the first film, then you have a direct sync sequel, and then you have a the third film, which was released in the same year as the first sequel, um, where they go and just place it in colonial Canada. They're Canadian movies. Um, okay. So that is um, definitely recommend. Um, I'm trying to think of other werewolf movies. I mean, there's. I know Michelle Rodriguez is in one. Um, I don't know. Your choice. Vampires or werewolves? Vampires? Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's a tough decision. I've always been... Like, Come on. You're Team Edward. <laughs> no. Oh. Jacob no, was such really. a such a twat. <laughs> I know, but I would still pick him. But yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, thank you very much for um, giving me uh, giving me a um, some content. Uh, so um, it's at this point when I say that, and pardon for the lack of focus. I mean, you at least got the argument over Flashdance. Of course, she she didn't put much of an argument. So I don't know. It's good to know I'm right. Um, <laughs> I actually, we can discuss this later. <laughs> well, you know, actually with Flashdance, it's one of those, like, I would really like to ask my old friend, Stephanie, who's a, still got her uh, Steph for Congress uh, Twitter account out there. Hey, you're all about feminism. I mean, she exposed me to the beauties of um, Kathleen Hanna's bands. Um what what do you think about the message of Flashdance, a movie of our generation, <laughs> from a um, feminist standpoint? But um, um, yeah. So, regardless, uh, it comes to the. Uh, well, I should say first, uh, you did do some research. Anything that we missed that you want to address? Um, let me find my sticky note. Um, not really. I just wanted to say that the new movie comes out on the 21st or on the 24th of November. Okay, that's Resident Evil. Yes. I wonder if that's going to um, coincide with the eighth video game coming out. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. it's their 25th anniversary this year. Gosh darn, we are bloody old. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. I mean, yep. you're going to be 41 this year. I, I just don't know, Allie. Yep. Oh, and then I just wanted to point out that the fantasy genre in general was started by J.R. Tolkien. Oh. So I think that was interesting. So, yeah. So, so I mean, like, this do you think she's trying to avoid an argument when I just told her age on the podcast? <laughs> Maybe. It's not going to be 41. <laughs> this is going to be the first of many 39s. I thought that was how old I was, but I wasn't <laughs> completely sure. I was like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> so, yeah. Do I the mean, math. <laughs> well, Tolkien, I mean, it, it's fun when you bring up Tolkien because uh, that was definitely something that couldn't have been done till the special effects caught up. 
Yeah. Um, but were you familiar with like the last unicorn or um Rack and Bat well, they're both right rack and rake and basque movies. Um there was the Hobbit in nineteen seventy seven and then they did they did do a Return of the King in nineteen eighty. But they also did a movie called The Last Unicorn, which we talked about last week with the Poetic Critic. I didn't know if you recalled that one because that was on uh, Disney and HBO a lot when we were kids. Yeah, we were talking about that. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really get to talk too much in detail about that because Rory was determined to get through every year of the 80s <laughs> and all the notable movies. Um, but... I don't know Angela Lansbury gets gets to play a villain. <laughs> um, Jeff Bridges gets to be pre great Jeff Bridges. <laughs> you got the Jewish magician. <laughs> I mean, I love Alan Arkin, but he really played up the. I mean the and I guess it was written. It, my older sister did say it was written by the screenplay was written by the author of the book. So, but I don't know. Do you, do you think Shred, Shendrick, Shrendrick could be played by anybody who wasn't like a like classic Jewish actor just with a name like that? Good question. And never mind, he's really playing up the oh, uh, I mean, that's Alan Arkin, great actor. I wonder what happened to his son, Adam. He was doing a bunch of work back in the late 90s. But, um, mm-hmm. And I have not seen Little Miss Sunshine, so maybe I'm not showing him enough respect to begin with. It's okay. Hmm. I did see Sunshine Cleaning, which I think they were trying to just make like a Sunshine universe in the year. <laughs> it's an interesting one with Amy Adams and uh, uh, the, she's married to dang it really sucks i can't think of her name emily blunt um that oh yeah yeah that movie's about uh a woman amy adams trying to get on her feet get her you know take care of her kid and everything by starting a crime scene cleanup business (laughs) called sunshine cleaning and so Emily Blunt helps with it. You have uh, Clifton Collins, not Clifton Collins Jr. Dang it. Uh, Cliff Curtis. Um, no, not Cliff Curtis. No, it's, ah, shoot. He plays um, El Lazo or Lawrence in uh, Westworld. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's Clifton clifton collins jr oh shoot i'm sorry a lot of apologies to tack on at the end of the episode but hey thank you for putting up with me for an hour no problem okay uh it's really interesting since uh i'm drink have my podcast juice with me as i like to call it <laughs> it's picardi dragonberry rum today um it's really interesting when you're moving around and you have your zoom camera on most people do it without the video yeah so it's like oh the walls are turning for me 
I'm really tired. I'm in the midst of it. No, I haven't had too much. I'm just really tired. It's been um, we're 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 approaching the last seven days of my work week. <laughs> so, um, but uh, so quit dawdling around. I don't think I'm that interesting, or. I would imagine I'd be getting laid and not having the time to do a podcast if I was more interesting. Now I might be feeling the boost. Um, we're at the end, so let's uh, get into your uh, plugs and upcoming events. Do you have any um, shows coming up or anything like that? For Allie's I do not. Shop? Okay. Yes, uh, I would I would send all of you to Etsy.com for Allie's Accessory Shop. Getting some, hopefully getting some new posts up there in the next couple of weeks. Anything? Um, what was the most current stuff up there? Um, lately, I've been selling jewelry. Jewelry. So, oh. Yeah, so I should be getting some new jewelry up there in a, some in the next couple of weeks. So. Okay. Very cool. Um, so that's Etsy.com/shop. I think slash. Allie's Allie spelled A L L Y S S H O P. Oh no, sorry. Allie <laughs> Etsy.com slash shop slash Allie's accessories shop. I just know there's yeah. two S's <laughs> together. Yeah. Yeah, it's S's confusing. But yeah. once you find it, there's once you find it, there's a little gray cat with a teal ball of yarn. That's me. So so just default uh, clip art on that one. <laughs> I mean, because you have a th affinity for orange kitties. <laughs> I know, but it liked the teal yarn, so okay. I decided it was a winner. Uh, all right. And of course, you can find all my writings at maineventofthedead.com. Um, kind of thrown off on which uh, Twitter account I want to focus on. Uh, you'll get all the uh, podcast updates uh, at um, my Twitter handle at main event zombie. But I figure once I hit 10,000 tweets, like, yeah, maybe that's used up. I mean, obviously it isn't. I don't know how many Donald Trump had before they finally got rid of him. Um, probably close to the millions. Um, but I also have another Twitter account where if you want to, so I have lots of Twitter accounts. If I come up with a cute little Twitter handle, Lord knows I'm going to sit on it. So uh, if you want to just uh, focus on whatever movies I've reviewed uh, on my, on my blogs, uh, go to at 94 chill. And I'm kind of focusing on my um, Twitter account, which you will you can get cat pics uh, at, at uh, ninety for chill, uh, but if you want cat pics, all my writings, wrestling, and my politics, go to at cat bus russ. And I'm debating right now if I'm going to sit on another Twitter handle right now. But um, so and of course the podcast can be found at ninety for chill dot com, uh, and if you want to find it on Spotify. Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. It just search 90 for chill, all one word, and it should get you there. Uh, thank you very much for your patronage. I haven't come up, obviously, 
I'm still not coming up with enough content, I think, to start a Patreon. So I uh, apologize if I start putting adverts in or I start begging Blue Chew to allow me to pass the message of chewing it and doing it. Hmm. I mean, it cost me 108 bucks to get all this stuff. So <laughs> got to start working on the monetization. Well, thank you very much, Allie, again, uh, for putting up with me and doing your best. I know you get a little nervous about this stuff, but you are an intriguing personality. Let the world well, know. Well, thank you. Yeah, let the world know that. <laughs> well, yeah. thank you. Yes. And uh, you're quite the podcast runner yourself. <laughs> well, with all that, I should thank Marty and Sarah because they kind of inspired me to, like, okay, yeah, just do this for the hell of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's uh, Marty and Sarah love wrestling and they have a lot of crap they can sell you. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, like, uh, one of the things they have right now are Brad Rocks, if you remember Brad from Marty and Sarah. Okay. Yes. Of course. What is Brad? Okay. So, I'm thinking he was either the teenager or the alien. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's one of, he's one of those. Is things. he the alien? Yes, he is. That's what I thought. Brad yeah. sounds like an alien name. Brad the alien it just fits okay all right so Marty and Sarah you can send send me your Venmo information at russthebus07 at gmail.com thanks for tuning in thank you again Allie Uh, give Chili a hug for me okay and I will smother Skimble (laughs) not more than once (laughs) all right talk to you later Okay, bye. Bye. Can I hear a wahoo?